Well, after that runoff in Georgia, the election is finally over. It's a divided Congress, but will it be gridlock or will our legislators find a way to work across lines for the good of the public? Welcome to Care Talk, a top five healthcare podcast featuring incisive debate about healthcare business and policy. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the president of Walgreens Health. David, only top five. What are we doing wrong? John, I don't want to make those other guys feel uh, bad or you know nip at our, our, our heels too much, but I want to talk about America, John, and I want to talk about the federal government. America. So, but before we look ahead- America. Oh, yeah. Before we look ahead, what are the last couple of years? I mean, we're talking about what's going to happen in a divided Congress, but what happened in a Congress that was you know narrow majorities for uh, the Democrats, but what did they actually accomplish in healthcare the last two years? Well, I, you know, the, the, I mean, I, I think you're kind of missing the point here, David. They don't do much in Congress. You know, divided government is from gerrymandered district, but there's a lot going on in the states. But even with divided government and an allegedly weak or uh, tepid President uh, Biden, I mean, he actually made some amazing progress. We've, for the first time in American history, We've made a political breakthrough in terms of a move, an incremental move to regulate drug pricing, a significant move to, to for complex patients with diabetes, with chron- complex chronic conditions, with a capping the price of insulin. We expanded uh, some of the ACA subsidies. We were actually cleaning up and making government access to, to healthcare simpler. I mean, I actually think that... Uh, you know, it may be divided government, but it's 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 progressing in the right direction. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I think the last couple of years, uh, Biden achieved a lot. You know, and they're saying he's a, a he man. He's gotten a whole lot done, uh, especially you know the fifty fifty Senate and a very narrow uh, majority in the House. So that's kind of what has happened. Now, what's going to happen is the uh, other party is controlling the House, or at least they have the majority. Whether they can control anything remains to be seen. And there's a question of, you know, are we going to see anything happen uh, when a divided Congress in terms of new legislation moving forward or the things that they can can and will agree on, John? There's some things that are floated out there, you know, expansion of telehealth. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Should be an easy one, right? Maybe it means people aren't thinking if everyone's for it. Maybe, you know, someone should be against it. No, don't be be such a skeptic, David. Telehealth is a step in the right direction. There actually are, is a fair amount of bipartisan agreement that drugs are too their drugs cost too much, and pharma gets to kind of jam price increases through at any given moment. Now, I think there's actually a, 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 a an increasing awareness that the ACA is not going away. I mean, the interesting challenge is the the Republicans are highly focused on entitlement programs, and I don't see any move in the on the public to support any changes in those entitlement programs. Yeah, things like COVID-19 extensions and some other things that you'd like to see happen. Uh, but I actually think that the, uh, the, the, the progress as, as, uh, as well as some of the, 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 the sort of uh, cranky acceptance of some of these policies shows that, that, uh, that, 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 that Biden's winning. There's a couple places, uh, other places besides telehealth, which I poo-pooed or was uh, too skeptical on for you. One is about mental health care access. Now, that's one where I think uh, the two sides are interested in for different reasons. I think Democrats are interested in expanding mental health care access just to sort of a, a broader uh, approach consistent with universal care. Republicans may be more interested in it because it helps uh, to say this is instead of 
instead of gun control, let's actually have more access to uh, to mental health care. So they may be able to agree well, on it. I mean, for different David, reasons. David, why do you everything skepticism, skeptic, skeptic, skeptic? Just, come on, this is a massive investment in community mental health, the biggest since 1962. It gives a tremendous. I mean, it's billions of dollars per state, David, to do to support um, local community health centers, but me- mental health workers, state-based programs. We're a fifty. We, we there, there's no simple solution for healthcare. Healthcare is very local. Uh, it's the biggest investment we've made in more than thirty years in 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 rebalancing, uh, bringing behavioral health in. I mean, just because it's a uh, it's a kick save for Republicans who don't want to deal with true gun safety issues doesn't mean doesn't should not detract from the significant investment they're making, which allows the different governors to set up a mental health agenda to meet what's one of the biggest challenges uh, in America, which is the fact that we've underinvested in mental health for for 30, 40 years. Well, good, John. I, I think that's right. I also think you're kind of softening in your uh, I won't say you're, you know, in your old age, but. Uh, I'm allowed to be skeptical. It's fair enough to be cynical, even John, about some of these motivations. I think, I, but David, I mean, this is the challenge of, yeah. of 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 people like you who watch Fox News and MSNBC ah. and and treat the ping pong back and forth of who's up and who's down, and you miss the substance of what's happening, which is big, important legislation, whether it's around drug pricing or around um, or a sign- material investment in mental health. Uh, the the cap on insulin prices at thirty five bucks. I mean, it's it's pretty. It's actually pretty interesting. And if you go then one layer below that, and again, we are a fifty state uh, a country, and you look at what's going on in the on the ballots. I mean, you've got to see this as progress. I mean, have you been just following cable news, David, or have you been actually checking out what's going on in healthcare locally? John, it may surprise you, but actually, most of my viewing habits have to do with watching old Care Talk episodes. So I, I have missed out on my MSNBC and Fox News recently. I got one more thing at the federal level before we go down to the states, which I know you you want to do, and that is another thing that's been floated out there, a little more controversial, is about at the national level, do we re- relax the scope of practice rules? In other words, uh, do we have people that are not physicians? Uh, uh, allowed to do things that physicians typically do, like writing prescriptions uh, or um, practicing without supervision. That's typically for nurse practitioners, physician assistants, even pharmacists. Um, also talking about uh, expanding what they what they can do. Now, the reason for doing that is because there's a shortage of healthcare workers. People don't have access. The reason not to do it is there's different levels of training. Um, oh, so, so that's a and so I, this is another one of those things where your stick in the mud tendencies are making you a skeptic. I mean, how can you be against expanding care and allowing skilled healthcare professionals to meet a a a a, a mismatch of children who need access to healthcare and no providers available? I mean, come on, take the other side of that one, you want, Mr. Scope of Practice ideologue. You went right down to the children, you know, you got it. That, that shows you desperate, you know, think of the children. I am thinking of the children, oh, John. How about my 88-year-old mother who can't can't get a pharmacist to talk to her or 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 eld- your elderly relatives who may be coming down with the flu yeah. who can't get a doctor to show up. I mean, come on. So you talk about, you know, you Loose want it pe- up a little bit here, dude. You want people to be I think it's it's a worthwhile discussion, but it shouldn't be a blanket answer. And, and I think it actually should vary more by geographic area. There's some places that have a real shortage 
uh, of healthcare workers that's hard to, to deal with, like rural, some rural areas, for example. Um, but, you know, people have training for, for a reason, and you don't want, want the patient to be going to somebody that's not qualified for what the issue is. Now, if people are working more toward the top of their license, which has more to do with management, John, like big top-level management people like yourself, uh, you know, allowing people to practice at the top of the license is less you're, of an issue. You're, you're standing behind complexity when this is this is a really simple problem. We are, we are tens of thousands of doctors and nurses short in this country, and one of the reasons is we narrowly define the scope of service that people who don't have the vaunted doctor degree can do. I mean, whether it's uh, uh, doing testing and 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 treating for basic things like flu viruses and cough and cold, or whether it's be, being able to just evaluate and support and prescribe when, when, with, with, particularly when you've got telehealth oversight, we have overly strict rules that are much more related to a regulatory world uh, and a hierarchical world of 50 years ago. We've got 10,000 people becoming Medicare eligible every day. I mean, I'll give you an example. There is an in, Indian health service uh, has a very hard time putting dentists, getting dentists yeah. to, to serve in the Northern territories of Alaska. I know you've been following this carefully. The, 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 so the, 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 the social workers were been trying and doctors have been trying to recruit dentists and people get, you know, real dental issues in the, in the, in the Northern territories. They actually trained a group of people to do basic dental maintenance and work, not anything like surgery, and the American Dental Association took them to court and went after them because they weren't following this scope of practice thing. I think we need to be open about how best to take care of people and make sure that people are practicing at the top of their license, but also where it's sensible expanding that license to meet the need. And I just think that's that's just that's just logical, David. Fair enough, John. Well, at least we need, you know, some some uh Contrast on the show. You can be the open-minded guy and I'll be the closed-minded guy. Now let's go to the states for a minute. Now there's a whole lot of interesting stuff happening at the states. They talk about the states being the laboratory uh, for policy changes, especially in healthcare. If we remember, Obamacare really came from Romney Care uh, in Massachusetts. There's other experiments like that. There's a whole bunch of things that occurred on ballot initiatives, John, related to abortion, marijuana, Medicaid expansion, expansion, medical debt, tobacco, and even dental, John, going back to the dentist as, as you were. A lot of interesting stuff. I mean, I think on abortion, the theme there is that, you know, when places, when, when states were putting ballot initiatives to have further restrictions, those were rejected. And when there are new protections, uh, those won. And that happened, you know, red, blue, purple states, uh, whatever it was. Pretty interesting. Marijuana, more of a mixed bag, John. There's a couple of places that approved, and, you know, I don't say bag in the wrong way. I'm, I'm not talking about the bag that you're carrying. But the, uh, you know, in, in Maryland and Missouri, they approved uh, loosening of marijuana laws, but in some other places, including both Dakotas, they rejected the relaxation. But South Dakota, meanwhile, became the 39th state to enact uh, Medicaid expansion. Well, I think, I think what you're seeing is a transition of some of the harder issues, uh, rather than being resolved at the federal level or being resolved at the state level. I think that reflects the best of America. People like you who just watch cable news might miss that, but I'm really glad that you've you've caught up to the fact that honestly, and Medicaid expansion has been going on now for years, where the people are bringing basic access to medical care to the ballot, and and they're winning. I know that you're really irritated about that, the fact that the dentists have found a a, a way to a more effective way to bill people yeah. like you. 
uh, in the state of, in the, in, the, in the People's Republic of Massachusetts. Maybe you could talk about where sort of the ballot initiative gets hijacked and goes the wrong way at a state level. You know, I, I think there's um, a question about whether technical sort of things should really be done with ballot initiatives versus more in the, in the legislature. So in Massachusetts, as you're, as you're mentioning, there is something where um, dentists pushed for a kind of the equivalent of the medical loss ratio for dental, which means that the insurance companies have to pay out a certain percentage of premium uh, to payments to the dentists. And it, the, uh, the amount is 83% of premiums. That's what they set for Massachusetts. And uh, it was just started as like a crusade by one orthodontist who's also a real estate guy and he brought in the American Dental Association. And actually 72% of people voted in favor of this cap. It's not obvious that it's actually, it's, it's, it is obvious it's good for dentists, right? They're going to get paid more. <laughs> I don't think it was obvious to that 73% that they're going to be paying more. Yeah, they're going to get screwed. You know, it's, you know, no one likes going to the dentist. So I don't know why they're all in favor of it. So I think that's, some, I think we don't have enough time to really discuss that one. Well, that's one, that's one thing that went wrong. But in general, David, I think we're making progress at, 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 at a state and a federal level, actually creating a better healthcare system. John, I love it. You know, I got I got to uh, drop off this episode here so I can. Oh, no, I have a tissue right here, John, because you bring you bring a tear to my eye when I hear about all the wonderful things that are happening, and I realize I need to repent in my ways of being such a skeptic. In any case, that's it for yet another edition of Care Talk. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group, and I'm John Driscoll, the president of Walgreens Health. If you like what you heard and you didn't, please subscribe. On your-